Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, um, we were uh, joined by Patrick Kilty, weren't we? We were. He's on tour. He talked a bit of Manchester United. Uh, We chatted to him. We had a bit of a conversation. Talked about last night's controversial game. We did indeed. Martin Kellner brought us uh, his thoughts on a week of sport on TV. Yeah. And Mike Ward gave us the non-sporting telly for over Easter, which was quite useful. So, uh, good. Excellent. Well, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. And if you haven't done Wordle yet today, you might want to look away now momentarily, because Andy was doing it just now, and it got down to the last letter, and he suggested a word. And I said, no, mate. That that will be mince. <laughs> Roger well, Melly has not started doing <laughs> Wordle. Was un- <laughs> very, very unfortunate. Andy Jacobs, dear me. Yeah, still there we anyway. go. Anyway. What, what can you do? Uh, well, what a game it was last night. I think City's best performance in Europe ever. Yeah, it in, was, wasn't it? It really was. Under it, extreme it, provocation. I did, we were saying, mm. I did say to you yesterday, they are like that ugly Sunday morning team that you, you think, oh, no, we've got them this week. Then you get them again in the cup. I know. And, it's all, and I was waiting for like some of the players' parents to come on and start <laughs> kicking off with the parents of the City players. It's only a matter of time, wasn't it? They turned on the ref. They covered all the other ground, didn't they? But with about 10 minutes to go, uh, Glenn, Glenn Hoddle was kind of predicting in the physical threat of Atletico in the final part of the match mm. and I thought blimey he's really building this I thought he was about to burst into what you're about to see yeah. but he was right David Coleman he could see <laughs> well you know so I suppose as an ex-pro you can see it bubbling up can't you and they played brilliantly didn't they that's the thing they, they, were, they were fantastic they were they, they were the better team the second half they were the better team and it was just that couple of minutes wasn't it when I think they knew it mm. had gone when they knew the game had gone uh, they, you know and Foden mm. got that run into the corner of a couple of minutes left I think just lost their heads didn't they they did but what was odd was it in the first half it was a very mm. strange performance by Atletico they had an XG of 0.3 at home yeah. and uh, I don't know what he did at half time I don't think they have oranges I think they have steak tartare yeah. honestly they came <laughs> out the second half they, they just yeah, chew it off the bone I think they incredible. probably do yeah the, um, you don't see City get played off the park like <clears throat> no. that very often There's, uh, I think there is a game show in it though for Jack Grealish uh, don't you and what, oh, yeah. what you said at the end of the game to, <laughs> to Savage um, welcome tonight on ITV1 this evening uh, Jack Grealish's new game show you're up and you lost so uh, well I'm sorry Bruce from Hull was doing so well it was for a million pounds but I'm afraid uh, the answer was Papua New Guinea I'm so sorry Bruce unlucky uh, but you do leave us now you're up 
And you lost. <laughs> Just pull my hair and please leave the stage. Yeah, you'd watch it, wouldn't you? I would. It sounds like a really excellent programme. Uh, honestly, at one point, though, Simeone complaining about time wasting. I actually oh, yeah. burst out <laughs> laughing out loud. Yeah, great, he is it? a hypocrite, isn't yeah. he? But he's, you know, it's such an Argentinian approach to football, isn't it? It's a really weird, you know, it, and it doesn't need to be that way. Yeah. But there you go. That's I'm glad City got through. Anyway, you wanted them to get through. You did. We're gonna we're gonna cross to um, Tim Lee, Spanish football expert, mm. uh, over in Spain very shortly. But he's been having a look at the back pages and what they've been saying online about the match. It's probably par for the course, really. But I, I know what David Coleman would have said. The game you're about to see is the most stupid. Appalling, disgusting, and disgraceful exhibition of football, possibly in the history of the game. That was, although having said that, compared with the Battle of Santiago, <laughs> last night was Corinthian Casuals A versus Corinthian Casuals B, well, wasn't it? You're really? right. Yeah. 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 It wasn't quite as bad. bad as it. I thought last night, though, that there were times when you, you saw City could have done with a proper cane type strike. Mm. No out ball at all once. Yeah. Of course, I don't think that's particularly no, good. It idea. doesn't necessarily have to be him. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, no, brilliant performance. Well it done, certainly so. was, and uh, the, the, probably the greatest piece of S. Hauser in the old game was from Phil Foden when he rolled back onto the pitch. Yeah. It was brilliant, wasn't it? He rolled and he rolled and he thought, "Blimey, I'm still off the pitch. Get a couple more in." I mean, it was. Yeah, Savage know. wasn't very happy yeah. about it. No, it was. I mean, that was. A, he should have got the red for the head, but I think they were saying on breakfast, you know, what's VAR for if you're not spotting stuff like that? It does seem very strange. It was hopeless, wasn't it? Well, VAR was on top for I mean, City were lucky. That was a penalty by yeah. Cancelo. Probably was. Right? They didn't was. even look back at it, did they? Didn't even look at it. It's incredible, yeah. isn't it? What, the Liverpool game point? was just mad. I've got me on side. Stayed with stayed mm. with City, um, but I did. I watched the highlights of Liverpool, and that seemed a fairly crazy game. But you know, unlike City, he was able to rest some players, and City have lost a couple of players ahead of the weekend, haven't they? Big, they have. big players, big players. Yeah, so that's true. Walker it's and De Bruyne, uh, yeah, so. especially they've got to play on. I'm surprised they didn't make that game the Sunday game yeah. and Chelsea the Saturday game. Seeing as Chelsea played on the Tuesday, but there you go. What are you, what are you going to do? Did you see this uh, story about uh, BBC <clears throat> Radio Three? They've okay, got a, yeah, yeah. They've got a new thing. It's, it's called Slow Radio. It's, a, mm. it's part of the project they're doing on it. And it's basically going to follow the day in the life of a 15-year-old Labrador called Honey. Yeah. The audience will hear sounds including how a dog breathes while she dreams and the noise of the animal rushing to greet the postman. Well, they heard about it at the management here and next week you're doing this show with Molly, your Labrador. Oh, tremendous. I'm That'll off. be good. You'll be off. And yeah, <laughs> she makes some very odd noises when she dreams. <laughs> yes, it's a bit strange. What a great show that What you're grubbing about in the undergrowth. Yeah, Actually, that's... Molly might like this show if you put it on. Yeah, I'll put it on she might like that she's not quite 15 I mean 15 you're quite slow uh, that's normally, old isn't really. it that is for yeah, a dog we'll be yeah, getting around much true. I wouldn't think talking of old uh, Joe oh, yeah. Biden uh, President Joe Biden mm. he didn't notice not the plumber well that, it wouldn't be an unusual name for a plumber <laughs> would it that's true yeah. <laughs> he didn't notice when a bird pooped <clears throat> on him uh, yesterday oh, wow. and I look forward to possessing those levels of observation <laughs> we don't even notice <laughs> tremendous I'm not far away did somebody say from his back? Did one of the CIA guys say that's supposed to be lucky? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Probably doesn't play very well when you're Joe Biden, does it? No, not really. Joe Biden, uh, John Lydon, you're going to have a system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I was reading the paper. There's a new injection to get rid of lines and rejuvenate your skin by 30 years. Yes. I signed up Arsene Wenger for a course. Oh, have you? <laughs> I was reading about Arsene Wenger. Is he not as lined as he used to be? <clears throat> no, I mean, it's, it's the worry of not being in frontline management. God, he's got some mad ideas, hasn't he? He's, yeah. he's throwing idea. He's, he's he's very keen on that, isn't he? It's a kick in. It's such a terrible idea. The trouble is, it's 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 kind of fraught with problems because they think kick in in the opposition's half if you take it within five seconds yeah, of the ball going the out. Trying to time it and, yeah. the, and what are the problems that would cause and also and you're just going to get the sort of ball boys and girls in an away game just sort of hanging back they're not yeah. going to give it back to you straight away are and, they and also the, the, mm. when you're got to throw in at your own in your own end and you're mm. boxed in that's a skill to get out of it imagine you can just boot it up I think no, no it's only in it's only in the, uh, the opposition end so that's oh, the no, only, I thought it was only no. in your end no I thought it was only in the opposition end oh, unless well, I've gone completely look, mad well, isn't well, it da 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 in the team's defensive half. Oh, okay. Still believes allowing kick-ins instead of throw-ins in a team's defensive half if they're within five seconds of the ball going out. I thought he wanted it to be crosses. I thought he was looking for that. Didn't no, he? no, he, was looking he just for... wants it in route one, boot it up the field. Oh, that's not like him, is it? It's not the way his team's played. That's very strange. And there was another one. But He's... anyway, it'll get dropped and then FIFA will blame him and say we had nothing to do with his it. His daylight offside rule is being slightly ruined by the technology because they're soon mm. going to have, uh, you know, robo-lines uh, person, aren't they? Yeah, but they could set it to, at that level. Yeah. I guess. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Apparently, uh, people are still using the Beckham Pelt's wedding as a stick to beat people, other people with. Okay. Uh, Caroline Bryan wrote to the Sun today, everyone is moaning about the cost of the recent wedding of Brooklyn Beckham. No, he's not a celebrity and does not work, but his parents made their fortune honestly. Yeah. If we really want to moan, think about the millions of the utility companies are raking in. Well, that's well, an yeah, interesting... so sort of point, but I wouldn't actually connect the two, but there you oh, go. Quite a leap, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is, really. What are you going to do? Gareth Southgate is helping Harlequins plot their way to a Champions Cup quarterfinal. Mm. England's football boss dropped in to advise Quinns on how to handle playing the new two-leg tyres. And I was thinking, did he ever play any two-leg tyres as a manager? I don't think England wouldn't have done. 
I was just trying to think. I suppose he would have done in Europe. Well, as a borough manager, he would have done. I don't know. He? I had a look. I couldn't see any European. Uh, they played some. They played some. Between two, Barra played some European football under him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Okay. Yeah, it's You're desperate to find no two-legged football. Well, I thought, like, I thought it was a strange thing to sort of yeah. him advising them on. But there you I seem to remember having a fantastic cup run under him. Or I going man was it under someone else? Anyway, uh, the Borough fans will put mm. us right. Um, anything else? Yes, uh, somebody wrote into the uh, Daily Star. They said, "Can I be? <laughs> I love these ones. Can I be the first to commiserate with Chelsea on a valiant effort in the second leg? I don't think you're the no, first. Definitely not. You can't be the first. <laughs> really? <laughs> Am I the only? No, you're not. No, you're yeah. the other thing. You <laughs> the only person who felt they were unlucky. <laughs> no, possibly not. Am I the only person prepared to say it was a it was a, a brave? No, no, you're not. No. That's right. Town criers are back. Oh, yeah. Who are the town criers? <laughs> no, they're town crier competition. Oh, okay, uh, right, yeah. Britain's best town crier. Yeah. It obviously hasn't been on for the last couple of years. I was but very it, tempted to say, oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. you did say, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going ahead on May the 14th, so we might do something on that. Who knows? Okay. Yeah, we may well. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Lee, the Borough fans cleared that one up earlier on. Of course, it was Steve McLaren who was the manager then, but Gareth Southgate was playing when they had that <laughs> incredible uh, UEFA Cup run, and uh, David also told us. So thank you, boys. It was at the back of my mind that that was the case, but... I didn't want to rob Gareth of the glory. I would have definitely would have played in two legs. He got games. the he yeah. got the playing cl- uh, yeah. glory, if not the managerial one. Anyway, um, Patrick Kilty is on tour, the Borderline tour, uh, from next month, right around uh, the UK, and we're very pleased to say he joins us now. Hi, Paddy, how are you? How are you getting on, lads? What's the crack? Yeah, we're not so bad. <laughs> we're not so bad. Is it uh, is it good to be back on the road again? Uh, when you have uh, two kids under five, uh, I would suggest that any mini break that you can get where you pretend to work, you <laughs> eat a good breakfast, you get a lie-in. Yeah. I mean, what's not the love? Mm. Do you put a bit of weight on on tour? I mean, you're doing quite a few dates. You're on the road for a couple of months. That's a lot of cooked breakfasts. I mean, there's there's quite a few cooked breakfasts. There's quite a few. Um, it's, it's funny, actually, because... Uh, the shape that you think you're in and the shape you're actually in, you know, when you get to my age are, are two different things. I, I was actually in a movie. I was offered a movie last year wow. and, uh, and I thought to myself, you know, I met the director and, and he said, so, you know, he's he's kind of a guy who's down in his luck and, you know, he's, you know, he's not in great shape and, you know, he's split up from his wife and, he, you know. And I said, do you need me to do anything physically, to, to, you know, for the party? What? No, just as you are. Just as you are. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you feel so, good. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, it does. So, so essentially, uh, you, you know, I'm doing what all comedians do, which is you really just try to get in shape for the publicity picture and then sort of slowly let yourself go as the tour goes on. Yeah. I got the picture in front of me in the title of the show, Borderline. So tell us a bit about it. Well, it starts in cold. It's... And, uh, <laughs> and you've got to cycle 800 miles to West Bromwich, yeah. I'm, that's I'm been cycling. done. That's been done. You need, you need a new angle. I, 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 lo- I love the fact you managed to do that interview, lads, and nobody actually went for the escape from West Bromwich line. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I was tempted. I was tempted. <laughs> I, 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 I could sense it. I could sense you were thinking. You were, you were thinking of going for it, and you thought, I, I, I will not go for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, f- for me, uh, you know, I wanted to write a show about sort of what was going on in the UK and sort of the politics. And when you come from Northern Ireland, it's been it's been a wee while since we were, you know, 
in in the news and then to find Northern Ireland back in the news. Uh, so, you know, we're now the land of two borders and it's um, it's an interesting thing. You know, a, a lot of the show was about growing up in a society that was kind of pretty much polarized and split and then coming together and making peace and how that works. And And I think we're living in a world now where, you know, the world seems to have gone in the opposite direction. You know, everyone sort of, I've got my opinion, you've got yours, nobody wants to meet in the middle. You know, you know, we lived in America for a while and so you had news and fake news and Trump and non-Trump and Brexit and non-Brexit. And I, I just I just think, you know, we're living in a world where people are sort of maybe looking for the differences in people. And we did that in Northern Ireland for quite a few years. And I don't know whether you watched the box set, lads, but it didn't really work out. So, <laughs> so it's um, it's kind of a tour about, uh, you know, th- there's time to step back here and maybe have a little look at the middle ground and, and see how that feels. I enjoy, well, I enjoyed it's I, I, I found your show, uh, 100 Years Union, fascinating uh, last year. I know you've done a couple of documentaries on, on the subject, but the one last year was was fascinating. And I'm sure a lot of that is feeding into this show, Paddy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, there's... There's there's a lot of that. I mean, it, it it's one of those things where if somebody yeah, I started out in Belfast doing a comedy club, you know, in in 1992, mm-hmm. and I was doing you know material about about where I grew up. If somebody had said to me, you know, 30 odd years later that that this place would be back in the news and you know with protocols and all of these different things, so there's there's all of that as kind of the background of it, but. I, I always think that, that the best comedy, you maybe start out writing about something else and, and the funniest stuff is maybe the stuff that you think about yourself and you find out when you get on tour that maybe that's the opposite. I f- I'm finding a lot of audiences are coming with a preconception that they think there may be shows about something and, you know, the fun is kind of trying to twist it into all of those little preconceptions that we all think about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So the starting the starting point was definitely uh, around those documentaries and sometimes the stuff you can say in a documentary and there's other stuff I think where sometimes you just got to get on stage and yeah. you can say, you can say stuff if you've got a punchline that you mightn't be able to say if you're just saying it as a sentence. So it, it's great to be back out there. Now I was reading an interview with you recently <clears throat> to promote the tour, talking about why you're a Manchester United fan. And you make yeah. a good point. Part of it is just the accessibility to other parts of uh, the, the world from, from Belfast at the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, whenever you were growing up in the 70s, there weren't any cheap flights. So the boat went to two places. The boat went to Liverpool and the boat went to Scotland. And so most people in Northern Ireland were either Celtic or Rangers or Liverpool or Man U. And I um, had a couple of cousins who were a bit older and they were United fans because of George Best Mm. and the 60s and all of those things. So they pulled a, a United jersey on me, you know, in the early 70s, which was br- brilliant timing. And uh, <laughs> uh, so funny enough, you know, being uh, I was doing an interview with a, a Liverpool magazine uh, uh, last week. And I said, yeah, this feels very much deja vu where, you know, I'm actually, you know, uh, talking about stuff that happened in the 70s with uh, Liverpool winning everything and Man United being pants again. So yeah. it's... Uh, <clears throat> What goes around comes around. Yeah, yeah. Football is cyclical. We know that, and uh, this is a great opportunity for the new manager to, I think, 
shake the whole thing up because it's been, you know, obviously following Fergie. It's not been a great period. He's got to be given the chance, though, Paddy, isn't he? This is the thing. They're bringing in a man that's, that's going to want... They've got, to, they've got to look at it as a long-term project and back him. I, I don't know. I mean, does anybody do that anymore? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, when you look at... when when you, you know, what does a manager have these days? Does he have... Like, what, what would you guys reckon backing a manager is in the, in the modern game? One season. It's probably, it's probably a season. <laughs> Maybe you might, yeah, you might get in the start of the second season, see yeah. if you can do a bit better, but that's probably about that's it, it, isn't it? You know, so... I mean, it, it, it's funny. Like, uh, if you look at if you look at the job that he has to do, I mean, wh- where does he start? That that's the thing. I mean, you know, I, I reckon Boris Johnson. It will be easier to get rid of than than some of our players. I mean, if you look at the wages, look at the wages they're on. You mm. know, it's it's so that whole thing about you know a manager's going to come in and he's going to have a clear out. I mean. Just, just sort of go through the team and look at the wages they're on, and mm. are they going to sit there and just take the wages and run their contracts down and move on when it suits them? It's, uh, it's an easy thing to say that he that you know lets back him and and you know he can turn things around. Easier said than done, I think. Yeah, it's true. Tough times. Yeah. Uh, well, look, uh, you you you. you <laughs> Well, it's true. We're all, uh, hearts bleed as Tottenham and Chelsea fans. Hearts bleed for you. Yeah, I know. Of course, we yeah. all take our turn in the barrel. Oh, yeah, we'll all, it'll, it'll all happen to us, uh, as, as Andy yeah. said. Uh, if he makes a decent start, then yeah, you know, the recruitment's yeah. better. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, the, the good news is, you know, with the news today that at least we'll have Tottenham Stadium at the end of all of this. So yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's that? Sorry, I don't know that. No. <laughs> With the with the news today, at least we'll have Tottenham Stadium at the uh, at the end of this. They've uh, I think they've appointed is it uh, is it the architects or the consultants that did Tottenham oh, Stadium right, for the okay. new for the new Old Trafford redevelopment. So Ooh. you know we'll have a shiny new stadium to boo them in after this. That's it. Yeah, it's because uh, <laughs> it, it, you know it's getting to that point. It is looking it's looking a bit um, well, a bit shabby in places, isn't it? It's a great old place to watch football, but it does need a, it does need the Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen treatment, doesn't it? Really. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think we do need a bit of flock wallpaper behind this. <laughs> <you. laughs> Is this wallpaper flocked? You're not going to do that one. <laughs> oh dear! So you kick yeah, off that in. Could, yeah. That could have been that could have been a slip of the tongue there, very handy. It, it could have been yeah. on medium wave. I should point out that's not what. Yeah. So um, you start off in Nottingham, 11th of May, and you got uh, you got a, a big run in London, six, six nights, nights at the yeah. Soho Theatre at the end of June. Yeah, we uh, we've done about fifteen dates uh, in, in Ireland, so you know we're up and running, and uh, uh, going to be picking those dates up uh, next week. And then we st- we we start in Nottingham, so so basically um, we just kind of go around different cities that should be in the Premiership, and we finish in London. Yeah, <laughs> well, Exeter. In, in, well, yeah, yeah, that's probably. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's an argument for that, lads. I mean, there's an argument yeah. for it. You never know. They they could get yes. Well, Paddy, uh, enjoy those breakfasts and enjoy the tour. And uh, good talking to you again. Take care. Great talking, lads. Thank you. There Cheers. we are, Patrick Kilty's borderline tour. As we said, starts off in uh, Nottingham. Uh, you'll find him on uh, social media. Tickets on sale at mickperrin.com If you want to go and check that out, see Paddy in action. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Just as Nick finished his bulletin, uh, we discover that Ukraine's World Cup playoff semi-final against uh, Scotland will be on June the 1st. Uh, and then the Ukraine uh, 
Scotland play our final against Wales in Cardiff on June the 5th. Mm. So, more on that a little bit later on. That morale booster, I think the Ukrainian FA was saying, they, they want to get the game played and give everybody a lift. So, uh, yeah, emotional night, I'm sure. Difficult game for Scotland, isn't it? Yeah, because absolutely is. Yeah, definitely. More, a lot more talk about that, but we now have a date. Uh, that uh, mu- music signals the arrival of Martin Kellner a whole day earlier than usual as we've mm. shifted Friday to Thursday. I watched, uh, Martin, and I know we're going to talk about the, uh, the, the Gaza documentary. I watched part one last night. I know you've seen... Both. We spoke to the director yeah. yesterday and I thought, I, I was making the point to him, unlike the Gaza documentary that we saw uh, in sort of 2015, mm. it's not in his own words, it kind of is, but it's via archive and I thought it was very cleverly put together. Yeah, I thought so too. I heard Sam Collins on your show uh, talking about it, and it's uh, nearly as good as he says it is. But it is, is, as you say, very artful, very cleverly put together. First of all, by the way, can I just thank uh, Tyson Fury's dad for um, what he said? He said, what's Tyson going to do? Empty the bins, go for a coffee, read the paper. I thought, he's just described my life. (laughs) If he'd said watch Tenable, that would have been it, wouldn't it? It's like killing me softly. Totally it, totally it, yeah. Um, Yeah, the Gaza document. Mm. It, it's it's difficult to watch, I have to say, because we know what happens in the end. You know, it's like Greek tragedy, really. Mm. You know, even when you see those early days and the quotes from his sister and his mum in the early days, and of course, the, the, well, I won't spoil it because there's a quote at the end from his sister at the end of episode two, which sort of sums the whole thing up. But you know that the seeds of destruction are, are there, and you can see it, and obviously it was a different time, and people, you know, there, were, there wasn't the talk about mental health and that sort of thing uh, when um, when Gaza was uh, was growing up. I didn't know that. I mean, whether I'd forgotten or I'd heard something, but I didn't know that his, which is in episode one, mm. that his childhood friend had died in yeah, his arms oh, yeah, after yeah. A, that. Quite a real I sort mean, of seminal mm. moment in his life, which I think you know, he still deals with all the time, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, when you consider the amount of press coverage, which is well covered in episode two, and the amount of press coverage that Gaza had, and the books and the biographies, etc., etc., that very nobody really mentioned that at all, did they? Mm, No. the, the, The issues that he had largely ignored uh, uh, and the programme sort of leaves you in a way to make your own mind up about lots of it uh, not about the tabloid stuff I have to say um, people uh, working not very far from well quite away from this building because this building is my home yeah. but uh, not very far from the news building sort of have questions to answer I, I noticed when Sam was on he was talking mostly about episode one but episode two um, leaves the uh, tablet, you know, the interview with the with the, the late News of the World guy who was done for uh, phone hacking, etc. It leaves you with rather a bad taste in your mouth about what went on in the tabloid war. Interestingly enough, I've just seen that other, The House of Maxwell. I don't know whether either of you have watched that. Yes, I did watch that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you'll know about the late 80s, early 90s war between the tabloids, mm. which um, uh, which Gaza was very much a victim of. Uh, and there's a, there's a great scene uh, all about when he does go in, in, into rehab. 
um, and his you know phone calls are being hacked into, are being tapped, um, conversations are being bugged, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it reminded me of the old joke, you know, um, just because you're paranoid, it doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Mm. You know, and there was there was an element uh, of that in it. What was interesting, um, Mike, I think, watching the archive is is where you go, the kind of innocence of his immediate, the first interview with Terry Wogan that you see mm. of him. And Terry sort of setting him up, you know, sort of saying, you know, you get set up to get knocked down. There are going to be pitfalls along the way. But there was this kind of exuberance, this naivety, wasn't there, of a kid that was just brilliant at football and was playing for his country. And uh, But then you kind of watch the weight of the world on his shoulders. You you know, and it, you, you kind of feel yeah. being at the centre of that must have been so difficult. Yeah, I mean, you'd know more about this than me uh, as a Spurs fan. Uh, Paul, but you know, you just get the impression that uh, that Mel Steen and Len Lazarus, who were handling his affairs, were sort of in above their head. They couldn't quite, because they're not being a footballer um, really that had had that amount of uh, intrusion on mm. on his life. And, and with those issues, they weren't in any way qualified to deal with uh, with Gaza. Yeah, with his business affairs, but not with everything, the, the full panoply of what he was going through. Mm. I don't think he was prepared for it, or they were prepared for it, or anybody. As you said, it was a, it was a kind of perfect storm, as you said, of a, a tabloid war and everybody wanting... I mean, it, football was kind of, after Italian 90, football was on the up, people mm. feeling better about football, and he was the kind of focus of that. He was the yeah. figurehead of that feel-good, wasn't he, really? Yeah, and, it, and the entire sort of uh, media world uh, sort of latched onto him. You saw the scenes with Chris Evans and Danny Baker and all that. And a classic uh, Richard Madeley moment, um, which is in episode two, um, where he says, "This is after um, after Glenn had decided that uh, you know he wasn't going to play in the '98 uh, World Cup in France." And um, you hear a little vo- a little voiceover of Richard Madeley saying, "Well, the two questions Britain are asking this morning is uh, what about Gaza's um, humiliation, and I wonder if Jerry Halliwell of the Spice Girls can make it as a solo artist." <laughs> and I thought <laughs> that huge was question. such huge question. I thought it was <laughs> such a uh, uh, such a partridge moment. Yeah. Um, so anyway, is part two available the on, on the iPlayer at the yeah, moment? Part two is on the iPlayer oh, and worth worth watching. Okay. Um, I say they have been very odd. I mean, it's a shame that uh, you know Cheryl isn't interviewed. Piers Morgan isn't interviewed. I think he has questions to answer. Piers, we have to say, has, has always said that he didn't know until a much later stage that the phone hacking was going on. We have to take him at uh, what he said. Um, but uh, yeah, there are questions to answer all round. But like I said, it's difficult to watch if you watch both episodes because it is a Greek tragedy and uh, such a shame. Mm. Uh, but perfect storm as you say Paul yeah. you know he he was uh, caught him in the middle of uh, what was a, a fairly vicious um, mm. tabloid war now you've also watched the documentary on Netflix finally Martin. Got yeah. a couple of minutes to talk about that the Mosley documentary it's also very very good I mean as we know he was suffering from cancer it's now been said that he that he killed himself because of he was suffering from terminal cancer um, but this is very much it's not quite a love letter to Max Mosley because whatever you say about him he's not what you call a lovable figure um, but you know it, it talks about the way he was I mean what he did in the in the 70s when he set up a very small uh, F1 team and they, they actually won races you know mm. he said i mean disused dairy in uh, oxfordshire and he had about i think you needed about a million to set up a formula one team they had a hundred thousand 
Um, and what he and uh, I'm not a huge Formula One fan, but certainly it seems from the programme that uh, under Max Mosley and Bernie Eccleston, Formula One took great strides to be. And I, I know how small it was compared to, to to what it is now. So you know you have to pay tribute to him for that. Also, um, obviously he was also the victim of a tabloid sting. It was a very good uh, quote from him where he said uh, some people would call it, um, yeah, they called it an orgy, I call it a party. Yeah. It's very topical. It's because, quite, you know, people quite topical. Get, yeah. People aren't, are arguing what constitutes a party. Yeah, um, clearly mm. the, the News of the World uh, took a slightly different view. But obviously he won his case against the News of the World and uh, he, uh, you know, the whole Nazi theme thing was... Well, yeah, uh, I mean, living, living down the, living down the, the, the surname and the associations with his, and all with that. his father. Yeah, so yes, it, he, yeah. There's a great quote from him at the start where he says, um, yes, my father, of course, um, obviously is a controversial figure. I thought, yeah, you could say yeah, that. I think that's a, a slight, slight understatement. But can there's, I just there's say, a, yes, sorry, Martin. Yeah. I was going to say, can I just, just before we finish, can I have just one word on the uh, the commentary of the uh, Atletico City match mm. uh, last night, which was the usual fine job of uh, Darren Fletcher and uh, Glenn Hoddle. Uh, but at one point, well, Phil Foden... Um, had his head bandaged. Yeah. Uh, I heard uh, Fletch say, um, that conjures up memories of Terry Butcher. And I thought, wow, there's one for the teenagers. <laughs> be, I thought, let's get him on here talking yeah. about Wilson, Keppel and I, Betty. I, and don't, I don't think any, any three of us should be uh, casting discussions about old references, <laughs> Martin. Let's no, be we'll honest. get him on here. You know, I, I want to do a whole Larry Adler bit with him. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, Genevieve. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Well, we're going to uh, look at some of the Easter weekend mm. TV now in the company of the star's very own Brighton and Hove Albion supporting Mike Ward. Good afternoon, he Mike. did us both afternoon. a favour last week. Did he? Yes, Brighton. absolutely, yes. Yeah, well, Brighton, Brighton did, certainly. Yeah. Do, us a, do, us a, well, do Tottenham a favour this weekend by lying down and losing, Mike, <laughs> if, you could, if you could arrange that for us. Yeah, I'll have a word. Yeah. <laughs> No, they're going rather well, aren't they? Are you looking, what do you think on sat- Saturday then? At, uh, well, this Tot- coming Saturday? Yeah, at Tottenham. What do you think? Um, I, 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 I think it could be a challenge. I mean, last weekend was lovely, but I think Tottenham mm. at the moment are a different proposition. Mm, I well, agree with that. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, we're going to start tonight. We wouldn't normally, but we will because Taskmaster is back. It is the yeah. wonderful, the wonderful, ever inventive Taskmaster Channel Four, nine o'clock tonight. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of business as usual. Obviously, we're just uh, a new cast. Uh, new five people taking part. So this time it's uh, Sophie Duca, Bridget Christie, Ardell O'Hanlon, Judy Love and Chris Ramsey. And obviously Alex Horn setting yet more um, bizarre, low budget. It's brilliant. Engaging, I, I came to engaging. this late, but it's a, it's a brilliant series. I've watched yeah. the last three series. Excellent. Uh, there's nothing quite like it in terms of as a, as a sort of watching experience because you tune in to the tone and the and the thinking behind the show and then you're just engaged in it throughout, aren't you? It's hard mm. to... It, it's, somebody's never watched it. It's hard to sort of entirely describe why it just appeals so much. But the, the whole feel of it is is, is funny and... Um, but. I don't know. Just ingenious, I think. Ingenious, mm. but and also just there's no issues. There's no side to it. It's just it's just you know enjoyably mad. Um, so it's nine o'clock tonight on Channel Four, uh, nine p.m. BBC One. Gordon Ramsay's Future Food Star. Producer's not a fan. Though. Producer isn't <laughs> a fan. He could, well, he's called it one uh, a one season wonder. Um, it's basically The Apprentice, but but with food. But with food. So yeah, Gordon yeah. Ramsay does the Alan, Alan Sugar thing in terms of saying I'm going to invest a, in his case one hundred and fifty thousand. You know, cheapskate yeah. uh, in in a, f- a food entrepreneur. 
so everything he does each week is about testing their sort of guts and whatever. So this week, uh, he's got them all cooking some food in, outdoors in the Lake District, and then they have to, one of them from each team, has to walk a wire because the people who are going to eat this food are mountain rescue people, each of whom is suspended in a tent on this wire a thousand feet above the valley floor. Oh, sounds bonkers. Instead of your fire, he your barbecued. I think he probably does. It's the sort of idea that if anybody goes in off the street and says, I want to do um, yeah. The Apprentice for food, and they say, well, why would we make a bit of Me Too telly like that? I mean, it's just no point. But Oh, Gordon Ramsay's uh, future film. Oh, in that case, Gordon, we love it. I don't know which production company is making this. I can't oh, imagine. Oh, I'll buy six. Um, anyway, that's 9pm BBC One. Yeah. Now, um, I don't know how David Attenborough knows this. He knows an awful lot of stuff. He's he a very loads. smart man. He but is. he's making a TV series uh, on Good Friday, 6.30 yeah. BBC One. Dinosaurs, the final day. What they got up to? Got up in the morning, it's, it's, had a coffee. They got relegated, actually. It was very unfortunate. <laughs> I think they did. They, they thought they wouldn't be able to stay up. Brian Robson kept them up. That's right. <laughs> Dinosaurs, all on the pitch, all dancing around. It's fantastic, yeah. And there's lots of other smaller dinosaurs standing there with little small transistor radios <laughs> listening yeah. to her you get the idea with that yeah, Returning, trying yeah. to Jordan pretend it's give it a round of applause <laughs> yeah that's it. absolutely so what's it You're about right. I mean I suppose it's <laughs> fairly <laughs> self-explanatory yeah. isn't it it's basic yeah it's a one-off 90 minute special final yeah. day with David Attenborough it's, it's dinosaurs the final day they didn't have a day with David Attenborough mm. but it's about David Attenborough telling us what happened because up till now we just thought oh an asteroid hit the earth the end but apparently there's some uh, prehistoric graveyard that's been found in North Dakota that's preserved loads of bones, which, due to the magic of modern technology, can tell us in incredible detail. And nobody's going to argue with it, obviously, because they're paleontologists mm. and there's nobody cleverer than the paleontologists. Uh, what happened sort of hour by hour on, the, on that on that last day? And it's a landmark. Do you know, I wonder if to David Attenborough once, once in a while would like to make a non-landmark programme. Everything he does, which is brilliant, I seem yeah. to add, is landmark, isn't it? I just, I just, I, you know, I'd like him to do a soap opera. Yeah, <laughs> what, what something to do? out. Go through, in the Rovers. <laughs> go through the motions for once. You know, you're 96 yeah. years old next month. Don't, you know, take it easy for a bit. <laughs> take it easy for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a break and then come back. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Okay. So there we are. It's uh, 90 minutes. It's uh, it's 6:30. BBC One yeah. dinosaurs. The final day. Yes. Um, okay, on Saturday mm. is a TV show that has yes. been um, uh, created by a couple of old uh, pals, I think it's fair to say, isn't it? Definitely. The Badil brothers. Yeah, David and Ivor. Uh, David and Ivor. They have, uh, they have come up with Romeo and Duet, which is this new series with Oti Mabusi as the host. Yes. Um, well, again, I mean, an ingenious title. Tell us more, Mike. Basically, Oti is the host, and the, and the idea is that it's it's music and love all mm. in one one you know engaging package. So a bunch of singers take it in turns to come along and sing, and their potential love partners are up on a balcony. Where get it? You see the Romeo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, where they can't see them because there's a big, almost blind date style wall oh. curtain in between, and they have to judge purely from the tone of their voice whether they think that person could be their match. Um, oh. uh, so it's a bit of the voice and a bit mm. of blind date, and then they go off, and then they come back and they perform a duet against. I can't believe I'm telling you this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> perform a duet. Uh, against some other people who've done the same thing. In the ultimate romantic love battle, I believe mm. it's been It called. says that, yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, the ultimate. Uh, after all the other romantic love battles, this is the ultimate. Well, one. I'll yeah. give it a chance. Okay, yeah, I enough. think you'll At give it ten minutes, Andy. To Somebody you've worked with for years. Well, um, Britain's Got uh, that's on seven pm on yes. TV. Then that oh. runs into Britain's Got Talent, the return of Britain's Got Talent. Has it still got one talent? of my favourites? You it's love just, this. Oh, I love this show. Yeah, I do love Britain's yeah. Got Talent, and I mean, it's it's easy now to be kind of a, a little bit sceptical about. Obviously, the X Factor died a death, and you know, and I think you know it died a death years ago, but it kept on for a bit. Uh, on life support, but Britain's Got Talent, I think purely because it's just broader, isn't it? It's just got more scope for mm. a, a greater variety of acts. Um, I still got, uh, still got mind. You've still got the same uh, panel, so it's still Simon Cowell, Alicia Dixon, Amanda Holden, and, Dave, and David Williams, and still mm. the deck hosting. And it's kind of business as usual. Really starts with a, a singing Cyberman who does impressions, and then it's followed up by a brother and sister magic act from Cornwall. Um, he's Mr. Zeitgeist, yeah. the singing Cyberman, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's technically a Cyberman, but that's what he looks like oh, to me. David I mean, Williams is, pushes Simon Cowell so much on the show. I'd love to see him do a sort of Will Smith. What you think of really? Could, oh, do a Will Smith. So we've got a Simon Cowell lookalike in a Basque, kind of We have, yeah. Yeah, okay. that's, 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 that's the second act. That. Unless they change the order after the version I've just been looking at. But yeah, yeah. 8 p.m. ITV on Saturday. Then on Sunday, um, The Thief, oh, yeah, His I Wife, like the and The Canoe, the yes. story of the real life fraudster John Darwin with Eddie Marsan, who's a fine actor, of course. He is. He's and brilliant. Monica Dolan as and well. Monica Dolan plays his wife. This is the true story. Obviously, this took place in 2002. Uh, um, and it's a bizarre story, which if anybody who hasn't heard it, it's the story is going to be told in this drama over four nights. So it's basically Sunday to Wednesday, after which on the Thursday of next week, there'll be a one-off documentary telling the true story, uh, you know, in, in real terms. But yeah, the guy who faked his own death for the insurance money and how his wife uh, reluctantly at first became, you know, caught up in the whole thing and the bizarre <laughs> circumstances in which he reappeared and he tried to claim he had amnesia and all, mm. all it's a biz- it's a weird weird story and and eddie marsden is, is fantastic as this sort of a delusional desperate man who manages to persuade his wife that, that this is a really really smart idea mm. and the number of stupid stupid things they do along the way not you know irrespective of the stupidity of the idea in the first place uh, beggars belief and but a lot of it it turns out to be entirely accurate so okay so 9pm ITV on Sunday and then it's very quickly on Sunday uh, Doctor Who on uh, BBC One Seven Ten on Sunday Legend of the Sea Devils you mentioned Cybermen yes and the monsters this week uh, were first on Doctor Who in 1972 with John Pertwee, but yeah. I would imagine they've upgraded the makeup and/or <laughs> special effects because they were a bit shonky in those days. They were fantastic. They? If you go online, you can see their first appearance. It's on a beach somewhere. I mean, it's as low budget as it used to be then, which is which is brilliant, obviously. And they're coming out of the sea, and they they look predominantly sort of a, a, a man in a cloak with a, a papier mâché head. Right. And you think, well, that head's not going to last five minutes in the sea, is it? That would disintegrate. So <laughs> it's it got to be a one take shot, isn't it? Yeah, because his head will just fall off otherwise. But, I remember uh, going on a, 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 a land holiday years ago and one of them you buy those sort of silly kiss me quick trilbies you know yeah. one mm. of the boys jumped into the sea in a trilby and he, he emerged from underwater in a beret <laughs> because it just it oh. lost all its shape yeah. it was fantastic he went in his Al Capone he came out as Frank Spencer and okay. there we are that's one for the teenagers um Marvellous. Um, Stephen Mansfield says, harking back to yesterday, um, what happened to the dinosaurs on their final day? Fletch says, let's bring Peter Wharton in here. That's right, yeah, of course. The fans well, at Jurassic Park were very excited. Yeah, that's right, live from Jurassic Park. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are, that was this afternoon's show. We will do it all again 
Tuesday. Tuesday. We're back on Tuesday, myself and Andy. That's right. Uh, before I'll be taking a break a few days after that. But anyway, we're here Tuesday. That's the important thing. Have a great Easter. Um, uh, and uh, do hope you can join us on Tuesday. If not, podcast available at around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.